Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Best of Five show. I nailed the intro this week. Fuck all y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm you. not going to applaud you. Uh, I will applaud you for both of us. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. I wouldn't have done it like that, so it doesn't count for me. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Best of Five show. My name is Elon. I'm joined here with my co-host, Cohorts, uh, co-hosts, Horts, whatever. Horton hears a who. The other guys. Horton hears a who. John Velociraptor Guerrero. That's who he hears. Uh, and old Steve Ace King Main Squeeze Offsuit Jerk. There What's you up, people? Uh, before we get started, I just want to. I just want to address the elephant in the room. A lot of people have been con- showing concerns about John and I's relationship. A lot of people have been saying that I hate John or John hates me or whatever. I just want to finally put this shit to bed. Yes, I fucking hate John. Fuck Elon. Yes. So everybody shut the fuck up about it. All right. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about some serious stuff. Uh, The world is going viral. And then we're going to talk about some uh, not so serious stuff. Uh, Some happy stuff even. Like a lot of releases happening this, uh, this week. Including Uniclear, Dragon Ball Season 3, etc., 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 and much more coming at you. Before we get started, though, Steve? Yes, sir. Is it recap time? It's recap time. All right. We had ourselves uh, a weekend. We had a couple of events on the calendar. Uh, kick things off on the Smash side of things with Frostbite 2020. Uh, big event. Uh, in both Smash and the Rivals scene. Uh, Penguin had himself a nice weekend in Rivals, winning uh, singles and doubles. Uh, The big story of the weekend, though, MK Leo. Not a surprise that he wins because he's the number one ranked player in the world. But he lost fairly early on in the tournament and needed to make a hell of a run. Uh, If we actually look at the path he had to take, uh, he faced, or excuse me, he had to play 11 bre- matches in loser set. Nine, eight of them were against players ranked in the top 12 of the world. Hmm. So, very impressive run for Leo. Another tournament win. Congratulations to him. Uh, but yeah, getting it done uh, despite the early setback. Good for him. Hell yeah. All right, and then on the traditional FGC side of things, we had uh, Winter Brawl. This what, do you, is... what do you mean by traditional, Steve? Huh? You know what? You, I, don't bring, drag me into your feud. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the Switzerland of the show. <laughs> the Duke? Uh, Winter, Winter Brawl, uh, the big E event uh, that is focused on 3D events. Uh, this year, uh, you had Jaeger getting the win in DOA. Uh, JJJ taking home the Soul Calibur tourney. And uh, Princess Link getting a nice win in the Tekken 7 event. Uh, also was one of the first tournaments uh, for Uniclear. Uh, DZ Kujaku gets the win there. And uh, Grand Blue, Lord Knight. Good to see Lord Knight uh, in the, at the top of the standings. Oh, yeah. So, congrats. Congratulations to everyone involved. Uh, on the, I forgot to change the logo here for my template, but the Topanga <laughs> Championship. 
which was not a Dragon Ball Z event. <laughs> it would be interesting if it was. Yeah. Well, this is your one. You always this get one. one. Well, there's two screens of this, so this is going to be my two. Well, I mean, it's the same mistake twice, so I guess we can we can count it. All right. Uh, Topanga League, uh, the blocks took place this past week. Uh top three players from each nine-player block advanced to the finals. Uh, block A, Mago and Dago tied for first on record with the 6-2 record. Dogra getting the third and final qualifying spot in Group A ahead of Gachikun based on game differential. Uh, if we look at Group B, Tokido, the man of the hour eight. The and murder all... face. Murder face. Take taking names in Block B, uh, perfect record fourteen plus fourteen on the game differential. Uh, Kowano and Fudo, the only other two players to finish above five hundred in round robin play. So those three will advance to join the others in the finals, which will take pl- which are scheduled to take place in March. Uh, and then I wasn't able to make a graphic for this. And even if I would, uh, a lot of it has changed. Uh, coming up this weekend, we do have Vegas Cup, which is an SNK-focused event. You're going to have a good Sam Show tournament there, a good uh, SNK, or excuse me, a good uh, uh, King of Fighters tournament out there. Uh, there were a couple more uh, that got scratched actually today. Uh, we should probably get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so, Steve, you were saying uh, the uh, SNK World Championships in Japan, the finals, got postponed due to this coronavirus yeah. outbreak. Yeah. Yes, both the Japan final and the global final. Uh, Japan vital is supposed to take place this weekend. World final at the end of March. Uh, Confest, the Kuwait best uh, tournament that was supposed to take place this weekend. Uh, that has been postponed as well. Uh, and then it, earlier this week, uh, they announced that the Red Bull Gaming Sphere in Tokyo uh, is temporarily closed uh, due to uh, some of the provisions to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Um, it's part of uh, the Tokyo government has actually canceled all mass gatherings uh, I, mass government gatherings uh, mm-hmm. that are set to take place in the next three weeks. And okay. a lot of, a uh, lot of places are following that lead. So uh, that means that uh, fighting Tuesday is canceled for, until further notice. Yep. And in addition to that, we also got some news today, uh, both from the CDC and from the Olympic board saying that if, uh, if this coronavirus shit isn't contained or dealt with by May, they're canceling the Olympics. Not like postponing, not delaying, like canceling. So, well, uh, yeah, that's we actually have the quote. This uh, is from, okay. uh, yeah, this is from Here the is. person in charge of a member of the Olympic Committee uh, who is in charge of the broadcasting rights, among other things. Uh, they said, "quote In and around three months from now." I'd say folks are going to have to ask, is this under sufficient control that we can be confident about going to Tokyo or not? A lot of things have to start happening. 
You've got to start ramping up your security, your food, the Olympic Village, the hotels. Uh, the media folks will be in their building, uh, their studios. Uh, but he, he did go on to say that he doesn't expect uh, any cancellations as of right now. Quote, uh, as far as we all know, you're going to be in Tokyo. All indications are at this stage that it will be business as usual. So keep focused on your sport and be sure that the IOC is not going to send you into a pandemic situation. Should point out uh, that although it's not associated directly with esports, uh, IOC obviously has the connection, or there's obviously the connection between the Olympics and the, um, uh, excuse me, Intel World Open, which mm-hmm. is set to take place in uh, Tokyo just before the Olympics. Yeah. Also, the, can we pull up that graphic again? Because I want to point out the guy's name. Oh, it's coming. Here it is. <laughs> it is Dick Pound. Yep. That is his actual name. Dick Pound. You know declared. that guy is going to be a tough person. Yep. Right? With a name like that, boy named Sue. You know, with the coronavirus stuff going around, um, it seems like every year, every other year, we get some kind of... Um, of a disease that's like the threat for the next pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's usually hyped up and kind of then blows over and such. But well, this kind of started out looking like that, but as it progresses more and more, I'm starting to feel like maybe this isn't like all the, you know, bird flu, swine flu, all that kind of yeah. stuff where it, so fingers crossed that it is, but uh, yeah. So and then, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. Well, just wanted to reiterate though, that like with the Olympics, they're still saying, we're not planning on canceling. Like it's mm-hmm. too early to be, I think the, the phrase was, it's too early to be talking about canceling the Olympics yet, but we're also sort of talking about it. So, yeah. Well, the big thing is, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen recently, but there's been an article going around, uh, explaining the, uh, uh, exponential growth of something, right? It's that story. It's that very old, uh, Indian uh, folklore story of uh, a god coming to a king or a prince's uh, lair. The pennies on the chessboard? Yes. Uh, So his whole thing is if you can beat – the prince had this thing where anybody that was his guest would play him in chess. If uh, he lost, he would give them whatever they wanted, right? That's how confident he was in his chess playing abilities. This guy comes in, beats him, and says, I want one grain of rice – on the top left of your chessboard and for each or uh, the top left square of your chessboard and for each square i want you to double it so the first one would be one second two third one would be four etc 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 by the time yeah the time they got halfway through the (laughs) the the chessboard it was already like 10 million like tons of rice and the dude would never be able to afford it so seeing something like that and being in the very real like pandemic that's been happening with the coronavirus and how like one person infects two people, blah, 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 blah. And it just keeps rolling and snowballing out of control. Uh, we're getting to a point where it's starting to, to me personally, it's starting to get a little worrying, right? To the, to the point where the CDC released a statement today saying that, you know, we can expect a significant change in day-to-day lives if this keeps going the way that it has. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of this is uncertainty. We don't know how this is going to spread. We don't know how big of a deal this is going to to really be. Um, We do know that it's, you know, we have cancellations, not just in the FGC, but Mm -hmm. outside of that, even in Europe, um, Northern Italy, 
has had a little bit of an outbreak and you know a few matches in their top soccer league have been postponed or are going to be postponed this weekend yep because of fears of mass gatherings of people getting together and and that's something that tos are going to have to think about Mm -hmm. as well because i mean we've got a list of events that are coming up in the next you know six weeks or so right uh that we've got, I mean, you look at all of these events, obviously, you know, some, you know, not every event is going to have the same amount of risk for this, but uh, we're, we're talking about events in Japan getting postponed for the next few months or next weeks. Tokyo Tech and Masters is in the beginning of April. So just if that, uh, if that ban or if that suggested ban gets extended, you know, we're running up into a uh, point where you got to make that call pretty quick. Yeah. No, and look, uh, we can all say that, oh, this isn't until March. This isn't until April. Like, February is almost over at this point. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I would be lying to you if I said I haven't been thinking about this and having second thoughts about going to Combo Breaker in May. Like, well, it, yeah. I mean, granted, the great grand scheme of things, I'm probably still going to go. But, you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of eating at the back of your brain. I mean, we're very privileged and we're very lucky that we live in uh, we live in the time that we do now where we haven't necessarily – the time and place, rather, where we haven't been feeling the effects of this as heavily as other countries have. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen. It's like, uh, it's like that game. What's it called? Like Plague? Pandemic. I just started playing it last weekend, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so – Great. Uh, the big lesson here is to be careful uh, because shit's starting to look grim. Well, not grim. I think grim is the wrong word. Yeah, I, I, I take I that back. I think it's be ready. Be ready and, and, and watch and wash your hands, damn it. But um, but don't don't go into panic mode yet because yeah. this mean, stuff gets put out there in just, – just wait and see, but be ready. Yes. And you, with- you would rather be – you would rather be – well over prepared mm-hmm. than well under prepared. Yes. So yeah, yeah the, the message is going to be panic. The message is going to be <laughs> apocalyptic. It's not necessarily going to be that. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, just take care of yourself. You know, make sure you wash your hands. Uh, make sure you're not coughing on anybody or nobody coughs on you. And, yep. Uh, you know. And like greetings, mortal. Or greetings, mortal said. Uh, just don't be an old person or a baby. It's a very yeah. simple fix. Uh, it, it, it's it's just like the flu at this point. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So be careful out there, will you? Stop getting sick. Uh, doctor's orders. With that said, however, there is a silver lining to all of this, and it is the fact that the Intel Open has announced their rules. And since we're all, I don't know if be, that's a silver lining. Since we're all going to be playing in land mode online, not offline versus anyway, what's the difference? Right, so we had the Intel World Open has announced some of their rule sets, uh, and they've announced things like, "Oh, it's going to be single limb." So remember when we all laughed at? Well, it's going to be single limb for the first couple rounds of the tournament. Uh, but remember when we all laughed at Nintendo making that Smash tournament, and it was single limb, and it was online, and we were all like, "Ha ha!" Nintendo doesn't know how to run a tournament for their scene. Karma has bit us in the ass. All right, uh, so. Do we have, like, a list of those rules anywhere, or at least, like, the big ones? 
laying around. Well, we have a summary of the schedule uh, in there. So the, the the talk about there's a couple of rules that caught a lot of people's attention. Uh, first off, the me- the mention of single elimination. Uh, we're talking about the open qualifiers, which is anyone can enter, uh, and the top eight finishers from each of those rounds go to the closed qualifiers, which the top three from there uh, are they form a team for the uh, finals in Poland. So that first step is single elimination brackets. Once you get to that second stage, those are going to be double elimination. Mm -hmm. So that that's been, and everything after that is um, so, so that's been one of the sticking points. The other sticking point is the mode in which you're actually competing. Uh, because obviously the first two rounds are online, so it's going to be online play. But there's the possibility that the uh, offline finals will be played in LAN uh, in a battle lounge uh, in tournament mode and not, you know, just an offline typical head to head matchup. It's not explicitly named in the full rule set. But if you go to the page, it does say so in the summary of the rules under the rules tab. So the, the reason for that being that Intel wants you to play on PC because that's them, or well, I mean, of course it's going to be on PC if it's an Intel open, right? Like I, I think the only way that it could still be on PlayStation is if they're going to start touting like whatever Intel chip they have on the PlayStation. If they well, have but one. you could, yeah. Uh, but, but you, you could know. play on PC locally. I mean, like the reason yeah. I'm trying to figure out why we're doing PC LAN version, which Street Fighter Five doesn't have a LAN mode, at least not yet. Maybe this new update with the uh, the tournament mode will will change that. But well, it really is just like battle lounge, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's a super bizarre decision that uh, we don't have the information on why they reached it there. I think they basically wanted to try to make it as uh, standardized as possible. Because, mind you, they're also having a Rocket League uh, competition in the mm-hmm. Intel Open as well. So that's a game that does have a LAN mode, and it works perfectly great with LAN, right? Because that game lends itself to not counting frames, like uh, how we do. But with that said, you know, it's... I think... So, uh, John, you were at Wednesday Night Fights when they started mm-hmm. the Alienware sponsorship, right? Back in mm-hmm. the day? That was a pain in the ass for a bunch of reasons, right? Like, wasn't there yeah, big well, issues? Was, you had to, like, update the drivers every 10 seconds, and every time someone plugged in a new controller, there was a decent chance that they were going to have to back out of the game and reset something or other with the drivers. Um, so that was the main issue that was slowing everything down, and I can't remember off the top of my head if there were other big prominent problems with it. But mm-hmm. that certainly was the, the, the main thing that was slowing things down and grabbing everyone's attention. Yeah, I mean, that might be the way to fix it. I mean, uh, it. I don't think I've ever played LAN Battle Lounge on Street Fighter, so I don't know how it's going to go. The, I'm... To, to that point of drivers, um, if you go into the full rule book, there is actually a clause that says all participants have to send in their con- configs and drivers until uh, before a specific deadline set by the tournament director before the event. Wait, say that one more time. So if anyone's using a controller that, that needs uh, special drivers, they have to send the drivers in 
to the TO uh, before a particular deadline. Interesting. That is rule 4.4 in the official book uh, rule set, which I am linking right now. Okay. Man, that's wild. You have to... Granted... Huh. I, I don't know how to... You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good rule to have. It's a good rule to it, have, right? It, it makes perfect sense. This is, you know, a lot of this is going to be new because this is the first time we're really going into a major, you know, esports tournament where, you know, not, not to say that there haven't been tournaments on PC before for fighting games, mm-hmm. but this is like the first one that's like super esports. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. No, it made total sense. It's 2E for sports. But you've got Intel um, behind this, and it may or may not make any difference. A lot of the stuff that we've done in the fighting game esports space has been exploratory, or just us doing it for the first time. And as such, there have been a ton of mess-ups and hiccups and things for people to get upset about, and rightfully so, but it's like it's a learning process, and we're still fairly green at it. That said, we've had a few events under our belt at this point. And we're dealing with a pretty big stage with some pretty big actors on it. And Speak- so if anyone's going to have their technical shit together, I think Intel would. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of like different parts of this road that we see the road in front of us. And it's like, well, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there? And it's like, I don't, you know, single Elim and, and playing LAN and such. And you're like, that all seems really weird and different from what we're used to. And I'm going into it with the with low expectations, but an open door. It's like, let's see what happens. Let's just see how this all plays out. I don't suspect that it will go perfectly or, or maybe not even go smoothly enough for our community to deem it a success. Mm-hmm. But maybe it is a success. And maybe it does work out at least well enough for it to be uh, viewed as such. And it gains momentum and it's a really good look for the scene. Uh, there are a lot of new people um, involved in this, and so I, I, I am I am curious to see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of success, uh, there's been a lot of successful people on the scene, right? And some people who watch us and some people who don't. Uh, but there's been one specific success uh, that's been subscribed for 24, or 27 months in a row, and that's Kwanzaa. Thank you, Kwanzaa. That is the uh, third Twitch baby. Third so, Twitch Milan, baby. You get to... You get Shit. to name this one. Uh, uh, Mothra. Ah, I was gonna go eSports. No. <laughs> Damn it, Steve. Ah. Uh, but back to the topic at hand. Yep. I mean, it's it's the first time I think that. And here's oh, actually here's another point too. Um, since we went through the whole Capcom Cup shenanigans, uh, where. We were talking about yes, this at uh, the time. We were talking about uh, this at the time where they had contracted another company to run the streams and all this other stuff. I'm curious if those people had anything to do with this rule set, right? Because it's, it's an ESL thing, right? So they're used to running Rocket League tournaments. They're used to running a lot of other tournaments, but I don't think they're as experienced as running FGC tournaments. I could be completely wrong about that. That is an assumption on my part, but I, I feel like I'm not wrong, but I could be. So I'm wondering if that was a decision to help make things run smoother without having a lot of data on it. It would be strange that there would be zero input from Capcom on this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't think any of these rule changes per se are enough to say, you know, for Capcom to say, no, that's too far out of what we're, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this does feel like a very different type of event than anything that, yeah. you know, we've seen. I mean, especially just going through the rule set, they talk about fines for not showing up to uh, press conferences or at, you know, your team session. You know, you could get fined like a percentage of your winnings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very specific. Um, you know, it, it's very different from what we're used to. Yeah, I mean, right. Look, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're it, it, they're different rules, and so mm-hmm. it's people that, at least from what we can see so far, are playing the game with a little more, I dare say, professionalism and the ability to be professional with the resources um, to to kind of get that far and then to have these kind of rules in the first place. So it might be different than what we're used to. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, that's a. I think I feel like that's a pretty standard rule for Olympics and for a lot of other sports, right? Where media day is like, you know, the pre slash post event thing where everybody goes and has to talk to reporters and it's a pain in the ass for everybody, but they got to be there, right? There's an interview uh, for every game that is broadcast by ESL. One player from each team must be available for a remote interview. The team has to provide contact information for an interview in that case. The player should also be available for a comment after the match. Solo players should always be available for pre and post match interviews. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... I'm just saying, if you're coming out with this many rules and regulations, then you probably are going to be able to back it up on your end mm-hmm. with production and, and having your... If they're expecting this much from the other side, yeah. they probably have it backed up on their side. Do we know that this was created specifically for the Intel Open, or is this the regular ESL rulebook? Uh, be- there's a lot of rules that are... Uh... You know, Street Fighter specific, and, um, and they've Rocket got a street. League. Yeah, they've got a Rocket League specific section, a Street Fighter specific section, and a Generals uh, section. So, I, I think a lot of this was uh, made specifically for this. There might be clauses that have been copied or brought over from other events. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I mean, I think but, at the end of the day, I think it's just a way to help secure the viewer experience right because at the end of the day isn't that kind of why this whole thing is happening that's the whole point of esports you know you got to make money somehow yep um do we have anything else to say on the intel world open rule book um no but i've got a little bit of breaking news that's where i was gonna What's go that? with oh you go ahead no you okay fine we'll say it on three one two three sonic fox is leaving Echo Fox. Okay, thanks, Steve, for backing me up on that one. I, I didn't want to do the whole offset. Uh, that would have been Echo. funny. It would have been. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Sonic Fox officially announced during, just as we went on air. Uh, he has left uh, Echo Fox. Uh, Echo Fox had unofficially left him a while ago. Mm-hmm. Or left them, excuse me, for it's a habit. Um, as they Cancel. left up. Yeah, as they left the other uh, FGC and all their other players. So, Sonic Fox, officially a free agent. The scary part is there is nothing stopping them from being wholly on main now. Is he a millionaire so, already? They, uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, they they, not, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're doing quite well for themselves. Yes. But 
Yeah, I apologize. I thought he I'm, left like like yeah. I thought he. I thought a week or two ago. I thought they left a while back too, but well, well, they didn't have neither Sonic Fox nor To Kill Sage had uh, tags, Echo right? Fox tag on yeah. during the uh, DBFZ World Tour Finals. So the writing was basically on the wall. Yep. This just makes it official. Okay. Uh, that's but, fair. That's fair. I mean, that's going to be. Like, there are very few people who have any sort of major following outside the FGC in terms of uh, fighting game players. Sonic Fox is one of them. Mm-hmm. This is probably going to be... You're, you're going to see either a big team come in with a big offer or someone out of left field mm-hmm. come in uh, to try and get Sonic Fox on their team. Yep. Because this... The, the, I, I talk about you know, the value that players bring, you know, when you sign a player. Sonic Fox is at the top of the list in terms of value yep. right now. So it's going to be interesting. I would hate to have to dig through all of the emails they're receiving at this point. <laughs> uh, but with that said, though, uh, since we're talking about teams and team movings, let's go ahead and dig into this other bit of sad news. Well, I guess it's uplifting at this point. Uh, we covered a week or two ago uh, the shit show that illusion esports has been doing causing uh so we saw like the big old drama like the big shitholery assholery shit cluster fuck bullshit happening uh and i had mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we were covering this and now it is officially confirmed i guess where ultra david is working with many of those players to get them what they're owed. So thank you, Ultra David, for being the voice of reason. And he, uh, Ultra David himself had said that, like, this is going to be a long process. It's going to be kind of shitty, but it's going to be a good one. It's, uh, the shit show continues. Uh, the tweets are deleted now, but the CEO, the new CEO of the, uh, did say they said on Twitter in a now deleted tweet that all players should uh, who are owed money should take it up with the old CEO because they weren't the ones that signed them. Yeah, that ain't how. Even though, work. yeah, am I coming in really pixely right, right now? Yeah, you are. Uh, so what Steve was saying, let me translate the robot speak. Uh, is the former CEO, or actually the current CEO, is uh, trying to nullify all of the agreements that the current CEO has, uh, or that the former CEO has created, right? So the big issue with that is that's not how shit works, right? When you sign a contract, it's between the company and the uh, contractor, player, slash employee, whatever whatever the actual name for it is. So that's some horse shit, right? That... Uh, you know, once again, like this new CEO is causing more and more problems. Uh, let me leave the call and come back real quick. So okay. That fixes uh, we're going to get Big Giant John, hopefully in frame. A little bit out of frame. Okay. Uh, but either way, the shit show has not ended. And far from it. But the good th- the good news is that uh, I believe those players are now in capable hands. Of uh, Ultra David, Ace Attorney at Law. Steve, we back? I think so. Am I? I still look pixely. Do I sound pixely? Yep. Well, no, you don't sound pixely. I'm sorry. 
okay. we'll just roll with it. Uh, John's kind of stuttering too. It might be something on Discord's end. Might be my internet. Who knows? Everything is a shit show nowadays, just like illusion. Anyway, uh, do we need to add anything? Anything else to the debacle that this esports team going down? Not quite. Okay. Uh, what is, oh, let's talk, you know what, let's get to happier times, right? We, we talked about all the depressing shit, let's get to happier times. Uh, Under Night and Birth is now released, Uniclear. Uh, everybody seems either happy or pissed off about it, depending on who they are, right? Why would you be pissed off about it? Uh, because people like bitching about shit. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, did we have, was... Uh, Winter Brawl, like the first tournament that they played that at, or did they? Ha was there another tournament that they played that at? Uh, it was uh, da, 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 yeah, yeah. Winter this past weekend was really the first weekend post release. Mm -hmm. You know, you had some pre-release stuff, but um, this was the first weekend of live in you know action that everybody had access to. Yes. Uh. I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I'm very ignorant in the sense that I don't, I couldn't tell the difference, but I also haven't looked at that game enough. Uh, I've played a little of it, and it's super fun to play. Uh, but it feels like the general feeling of the game is like a positive, like, uh, like a positive, optimistic outlook to the, towards the future. Am I wrong in saying that? In terms of the game itself, uh, that that sounds right. In terms of uh, netcode. That, because uh, they did not uh, address that, unfortunately. Yep. Well, that's been the story with the FGC, right? Where all the good games with good netcodes don't get We're support. beginning to demand that the netcode gets leveled up because I don't know what exactly the technology is at, at least here in the West. You always hear about how there's really good internet out in, in you know, like Korea and Japan and such. I mean, I couldn't speak to how true that is either way, but we're even with that in mind, it sounds like we're still a pretty decent way behind the times with um, fighting game um, netcode and, and, and online interactions. I feel like, was it GGPO? Mm -hmm. um, that like I feel like that has a lot of answers in it and people just like aren't using it. And that like fighting games, um, it, we talk about Capcom the most and they seem to be pretty conservative and like oftentimes one of the last ones to jump on the bandwagon when they need to be. Um, but it's like, we see it in Mortal Kombat and um, and maybe more like Western companies. I'm not sure. But there seems to be a demand that, okay, enough's enough. Like, we don't expect it to be perfect, but we do know that it can be better than what it is right now. And uh, people just aren't settling for it anymore. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad, if that is indeed the case, that it should be at least better than it is now. Um, let's Let's get there because the future is definitely very significantly online. And, and the longer it takes fighting games to be there in like a valid and legitimate way, uh, the more the gap is going to be spread. And we're already not the big fish in the pond, right, when it comes to esports. So this is something that does need to be attended to. I don't have some like hard, fast bar that we need to hit, uh, but it needs to get better from where we're at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we've discussed this until we were blue in the face, or at least I was. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things where the especially having a company overseas their feedback is very different than our feedback and their experience is very different than our experience just because of the size of the landscape that that country is working with right um because i think yeah like one of i forget 
what the exact comparison was, but I think somebody basically took the entirety of Japan and you can fit that like within like it's basically California. the West Coast. Yeah, like all of California is the entirety of Japan or something, like that, right? Uh, same thing with South Korea. South Korea is extremely tiny compared to what we're dealing with here in the U.S. And I mean that in land size, not anything else. Which now made everything else awkward and me narrating this is still making it even worse. But with that said, is that an excuse? I don't think it's an excuse, but what, you know, the different, the internet situation in Japan is different from the internet situation in Korea. Which is different from what's what you have in Brazil, which is different from what you have in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, no one has been able to find, you know, at least among the AAA fighting game publisher or publishers, no one is able to find that magic magic connection that works for everybody, except for one game. Yeah, talking about uh, gods, Killer Instinct. Oh, you went with an actual answer. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that game was hindered by the Xbox exclusivity, man. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Can't dwell on the past. Uh, speaking of netcodes. Yes. Let, let's let's oh, jump into boy. the fun one. Oh, I forgot that this happened this week. Oh, boy. All right. So when we signed off last week, I had mentioned something. And I said... It might not be the fix. And then for a solid 30 minutes, everyone thought I was right, as they should have been, thinking that I'm always right. But I was wrong. So they released the netcode fix, or Capcom released a netcode fix, I should say. And the immediate response was, no, you didn't. And everybody lost their fucking mind. Right? People like... Ultra Chin like died, like the show died. Like the, 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 watching them uh, live was an experience to behold. Yeah, and like seeing like the the heartbreak that they experienced was something that I have not seen in a while, if ever. Be- because the, here's the thing: the there was no clear, you know, indication that the 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 netcode had actually changed. You know, it was. There were a couple people who had bad experiences in their first mm-hmm. match or two, and they were sharing that on social media. So it, people didn't feel the immediate improvement. Yeah. Plus, the only thing that was known for sure when that first dropped was that the game now check, uh, verified the files mm-hmm. uh, so that you could not use any either of the previous uh, netcode patches. Yep. And remember what I had said? forever ago when that netcode patch got released i said hey they're gonna do one of two things and again i was wrong because they did both uh they're gonna either fix the netcode or they're gonna ban the patch and they wound up doing both which well, i think the patch getting banned was a given they can't have that patch out there yes. messing around with their crossplay. yes um but I, th- I think the big question was were they going to ban the patch and make the netcode better or yeah. just ban the patch and people, uh, it's understandable why Street Fighter V doesn't have much charisma, or at least it's understandable up until this point, because we've had four years of a lot more turbulence than we have uh, fair weather and, and mm-hmm. positivity. That said, though, I think it was fairly irresponsible for especially the bigger names in the community to so quickly take to social media mm-hmm. 
when this is, I mean, everyone should have kind of figured it out when the immediate response was, oh, it's not fixed. And, and that there's no indication either way from Capcom. There are no notes or anything. Yeah. Um, if, if there were notes, then sure, you can go off of that, but there weren't. So this was all just kind of guess and check or, or, or test and check, I should say. And it's like, well, how do you do that? I mean, you have to have people that you know what your connection is like previously, play them a whole bunch of times, then do that with somebody else, then do that with somebody else, and then compare notes and try to get a basic idea. This is the kind of thing that's going to take a while to figure out if there's anything uh, that has changed. Now, before we even get into any of that, it's like Capcom should have just released notes telling us what they did, but and they eventually did. Uh, yeah. But either Three way... Three days later. Three, yeah. which, is, which, which, to be fair, they have not typically released uh, patch notes for... Um, Non for their balance. typical updates. Oh, yeah. So this is above and beyond what they have done. Not, is it above and beyond what they should do? Probably not, but mm-hmm. it's above and beyond what they have done. So. Well, I mean, they, they very often, they very often on the Shadowloo CRI site, which is where those patch notes were dropped. There, there usually is some kind of a patch update just saying like, we cleaned up this bug or that bug. And, and maybe it's not for every single one they do. Um, but yeah, neither. They didn't do it here, and I'm sure they saw the negative PR just spreading like wildfire all mm-hmm. of a sudden and said, we need to do something. Like, And it, it wasn't that much. you know. It was like three paragraphs or something like that yeah. worth of information there. Um, but the people that have influence to, to go so quickly and just pair it without – obviously without doing much uh, uh, research themselves to mm-hmm. say that is just – it's irresponsible, and it's a bad look. And it's like, come on, guys. Like – yeah, Capcom's definitely not perfect, and their execution here wasn't perfect. But don't 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 make it harder than it already is. Because well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, my my counter. It's a go ahead. really good time for Street Fighter Five right now, as as far as where the game is at, all of the fixes that have happened for the problems that you can argue shouldn't have been there in the first place, and you're not wrong. But hey, at least they've been fixed. And this was kind of like maybe the last bastion between being able to legitimately and publicly like Street Fighter V mm-hmm. because it's a legit uh, a game that checks all the boxes more or less. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, my counterpoint to that is this. Uh, the I think what happened is everybody was just so ready to expect something bad, right? Uh, I think somebody had tweeted out, and I don't necessarily disagree with what they tweeted. It was how Capcom managed to do the one thing that was like the worst option for a lot of times that bad things have happened, right? Now, with that said, uh, I've I've said many times, I think uh, Twitter and social media itself is just an echo chamber where one thing gets said and everybody that agrees with it just starts yelling louder and louder until everybody like manages to work themselves up so much for no reason just explodes right i've also said this time and time again to not be complete pieces of shit to the people who make the games right that's that to me was like the thing that bothered me the most was uh carolyn uh, Mama Dow, who is the esports specialist uh, over at Capcom, Ono himself, like some of the responses on Twitter have been fucking ab. Like, I I don't even know if there's a word of how negative I think those responses are, and I think that's very shitty. Uh, and it's more likely that responses like that are going to stop any 
Like, it's going to stop any of the forward movement that we've been having in these past few months with Capcom at least trying to communicate a little bit better, right? So, at the end of the day, if somebody watching did make a very negative comment, not necessarily, I'm, you know, not, negative is not the right word. If you crossed the line when you wrote to someone on Twitter on the Capcom dev side, uh, fucking stop it. And I, it sounds basically sarcastic, but I just don't know what else to say. Like, I don't understand why the common sense uh, and decorum uh, of people leaves when it when we enter the social media world. And I think it's very bullshit. I and I I also want to say that you know, I think that underscores a couple of things. One, the type of anger that's out there about, you know. Just the netcode itself, because it has been, uh, if you go to our Street Fighter, Fix the Netcode has been the number one request for the past four years. It is, they, they've asked every single, you know, month or two months, you know, what's your biggest issue with the game? What do you want to see improved? Netcode has been number one every single time. And when you have the, uh, when you have this patch, which you know, does it fit, fix the netcode? You don't know. It doesn't look like it from your first few plays. Then your assumption is going to be crap. It didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to say that to to get other people off the hook, because if you cross, you know, there's no excuse for lobbing abuse at particular people, but. There's a lot of anger here. There's a lot of frustration, and there's a lot of people who, who don't know if there is a valid way to, uh, to give feedback because they've been giving this particular feedback for four years. It feels like, and they felt ignored. Yeah, and so is the response to being ignored to throw a little hissy fit and be a complete piece of shit online? No. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong, Steve. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of frustration that's been building, et cetera, et cetera. But we're all fucking adults. And if you're not an adult, you shouldn't have a Twitter account. So, like, I, I just don't understand where, like, any of that's coming from. And it's very disheartening. Especially because we have someone uh, in Mama Dow, Carolyn, who is an amazing individual who has been working very hard to get us the shit that we need. Uh, and has been working so hard to get the FGC... Uh, keep going on the upwards trend so ah it's it's frustrating right especially because it's it's the, this is the other thing too it's like we're all in the fgc right and this makes us look fucking horrible right i'm pretty sure if like if i was in ono's, ono's shoes like i would not want to make anything for this fucking community ever again if this is the response right like i don't want well, that kind of fucking stress in my life i don't want that bullshit so i feel like I feel like resorting. Nah, I feel like acting this way is very detrimental not only to uh, the entire community at large, but I feel like basically to the entire industry because you know that's kind of been the status quo for a while, and there's been a lot of even outside of the FGC, like in gaming in general, like there have been a lot of devs that have been taking abuse and shit over social media just because somebody doesn't like their fucking game. That's shitty. Don't do that. Dude, look at Michael Martin's face or yeah. like a picture of him before he started working at Capcom and after. You know, like, 
it's it's rough out there um and and like a lot of that is brought on by capcom themselves like we've said but that what happened happened and i think we've said appropriate things about you know both sides people reacting negatively and capcom needing to get their stuff together um where my mind goes now is i hope capcom has got their stuff to because they've clearly learned their lessons within the street fighter 5 bubble they've learned their lessons here because they've made the changes or at least the attempts to changes maybe you call a net code and say it's like 30 percent better or something like that um, maybe that's not a full fix, but at least they're aware of what people want, and they've made the movements to change those things. We've come a long way since the game's shitty, shitty, extra shitty launch. Um, will this carry over into their future endeavors? Will they take these lessons outside of the vacuum of Street Fighter V and be able to apply them to whatever they do next in their fighting game endeavors? I'm. Uh, you'd think, yeah, obviously it's the same everything, except for the game changes a little bit, but I don't know that I'm con- confident that that's what's going to happen, but that's kind of where my brain goes is like, we've made a lot of progress, a lot, and you can't throw that away and you have to remind yourself of that. Um, and, and like, I still, when I think of street fighter five, there's definitely some negative emotion and negativity. Like a, there's like a filter that just automatically goes through in my brain because first impressions are lasting, but I'm trying to get over that as much as I can and be as objective as possible. Maybe part of that is because you see how, not objective people were with the reaction to this whole netcode thing and you're like i don't want i don't want to be that either so trying to keep an open mind trying to be optimistic but also keeping an eye out for it and uh and and being ready for worst case scenario again too yep and uh to add to this point uh there's been a couple people on the in the chat uh saying that if capcom communicated then this would be prevented i don't disagree right uh i I do agree in the fact that, yes, I think Capcom should be communicating better with the community. It should be a little more clear. With that said, the people that are getting attacked, I that are getting attacked on social media, I am not convinced they're the ones even calling the shots. Right. And cool. that's the right. shitty part. There is no path to the people who are. That's I, the thing. They're the only ones. It was Michael Martin. It was Carolyn. They're the face of Street, of street Fighter at Capcom when it comes to the public. So they're the ones who are going to be on the receiving end. Whether that's right or wrong, Mm -hmm. that's simply going to be the way it is because they don't know where else to go with these issues. Um, We should probably mention that, you know, in terms of the the patch itself, Mm -hmm. the general consensus has been it's an improvement, but it's not a fix. It seems to uh, take uh, some of the measures that uh, the Altimore mod uh, but not the full, not in a full measure. So it it sort of evens out. Um, you, you, I, I, I've seen quite a few instances of multiple smaller attempts to catch up when there is desync versus the big, uh, big jumps. So, man, and the idea is it's supposed to even if a desync does happen. Um, one of the big problems previously was that the resync never actually did occur, right? It just stayed desynced. And then this is supposed to help that uh, where you actually get back to being in rhythm with each other again. I, I want to bring up one more thing that's been being said in chat. Do we know what Carolyn's official title is and what Ono's official are in Capcom? I don't off the top of my head. I'd like to get those just... 
Ono's the executive producer for Street Fighter Five. Mm -hmm. um, but because I have a uh, stream going here, yeah, uh, it's going to slow. Basically, my it, point is so. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. So basically, my point is somebody is saying that's what they're paid for. They're paid to basically absorb all of the shit from the community. That's no, that's shitty. A community manager manager's job is to be the liaison between the community and the devs. Right. I think by definition, that is what that job is. Uh, and I've said this before. I think the way to deal with it is to go to the Capcom website and go to their support page and start submitting tickets that way. I think that's basically the only way we can do it. But because the general decorum recently uh, when it comes to the video game industry has been to just bitch on Twitter, that's what everybody's defaulting to. So and, – and to to that point too – uh, granted, this did come a little bit late, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not building up Capcom and Saints. Uh, they did say to go uh, to send your feedback to the SF5 server Twitter, right? So they do have somebody who is paid to get that shit to look for feedback and to look uh, for all that other stuff. But that's still no reason to be shitty. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, don't be shitty. Is that too much to ask? I guess so. I I I I want to just you know I, obviously when I talk about the the issues with Capcom my issues with Capcom I'm not saying that to you know to make excuses for the people who do cross that line there is a level of of decorum there's a level of respect you should have for other human beings mm -hmm. that should prevent you from doing that yep Steve. The, oh. Let me interrupt uh, you just to make a point because this is going to leave my brain and it's going to stew. Uh, MTAR, customers have a right for outrage. Yes. Uh, just because I'm saying to not be shitty on Twitter does not mean I'm shilling for anybody. So shut the fuck up. That's all I'm going to say on that. Wow. Anyway, keep going. But Remind yeah, me to it, never call you a shill. It, it's just that frustration that, you know, this has been the biggest issue for four years. And the fact that it has not, you know, at least in the eyes of many players, it has not been given the attention that they feel it deserves. And the fact that there really hasn't been that path of here's how you communicate what what we want to see improved in the game coming from Capcom, really, mm -hmm. outside of going through the community liaisons and community managers – that's there's just there's a reason there's so much negativity and so much frustration towards this game. Again, not saying it justifies some of the stuff you saw this past week, but yeah, it's there. Yeah, and look, uh, at the end of the day, we're not saying everybody be happy with what you have. No, you have every right to be upset about something. You just have to not be shitty to people who don't don't have any call in that. We have to go about it the right way. We can't just be little babies throwing a temper tantrum into the, an echo chamber. Right? That's all I'm saying. And I think that's what we're all agreeing to here at this point. <laughs> Am I wrong? It's it's weird with how much the the friction or to the degree that the friction has like been there over these last four years or so. Like I get how big of a deal Street Fighter is, and I get it from my point of view because I've you know, I've I've tethered myself by you know working with event hubs and, and and you know like being on this show like i need to be familiar with things and a lot of people 
um, have just spoken more with their money and their time and just not invested any more of it into games that they're not finding fun or experiences that aren't fun. But I also 100% get the idea that you want to be part of the community and sometimes it's the only game you actually um, you know, do play or like maybe the only franchise you play and people will, will stick with it for even though they're not really having the most fun just in hopes that we get back to that Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 3 or whatever it is that you, you know, got you in the door. Um, but it's like, there seem to be so many other options if all you're here to do is play a fighting game. Um, and, and more and more, like you see the growth of Tekken 7, you see, um, you know, the success of what Mortal Kombat's doing, Smash, all these other games rising up. And and you go, like, start to start to speak. I No, I wouldn't give an instruction to people because I, I, don't, I don't know it that well. But I would say I'm wondering when people are going to start speaking with their wallets on this particular matter. Yep. At the that's end of what the it day, comes down to. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. That's what speaks in the capitalist world. Uh, and we're Is that a segue into Bernie Sanders discussion. Yeah, <laughs> hell no. Uh, I'm not going there. Uh, Once again, I'm asking you for your skills. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's so we live in a country where so Australia has recently established a federal rule where if something where you're allowed to request for a refund and you're allowed to get that refund, right? We don't, uh, our country does not do that. With that said, you can still make a claim. I have a friend who did request for a claim or uh, did request for a refund after buying Champion Edition because of the shitty state of Street Fighter V and they were given it. And granted, it's a case-by-case basis. I'm sure like if everybody just requests for a refund from either PlayStation or Steam or whatever, uh, they're not going to get it right off the bat. I feel like you have to make your case. So at the end of the day, I feel like if you're that displeased with Street Fighter, if you're that displeased with any game you're playing, that's the way to do it. Again, still not an excuse to be shitty, still not an excuse to be a horrible human being. Uh, you're allowed to feel the feelings that you're feeling. Just don't be shitty about it. Anyway, I'm going to punch my microphone, and then we're going to end this topic, right? Do we need to say anything else on this matter? I don't think we need to. Okay. Just- cool <laughs> what's next <laughs> sorry um uh, speaking of stuff to drop uh might as well get into the tech and world tour yes let's talk about the tech and world tour so new stuff got announced steve what are we looking at uh well uh obviously tech and world tour back for 2020 no big surprise in that um the schedule was one of the first things that got announced uh once again, the format is very similar. Same point structures last year. Uh, same types of events. You've got your master events, which are the big ones, mm-hmm. uh, with Evo being a master plus. Your challenger events and your uh, dojo events, the dojo system back for 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, same point system. Uh, the big changes are coming in the form of the schedule. If we can look at the master and master plus events. Okay, wait. I had the other one pulled up. All right, here we go. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, um, a lot of, in in terms of the master events, a lot of returning uh, faces. So, Tokyo Tech and Masters scheduled to be the kickoff event of the tour uh, at the beginning of April. 
Uh, you've got mix-up, combo breaker, bam. A lot of usual suspects. Evo, once again, the Master Plus event of the year. Uh, two new events, uh, Korea, or Backlash in Seoul, South Korea, and Fate Middle East Masters in Amman, Jordan. Uh, there's also one other Master event in uh, Asia that is yet to be announced. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and then if we look at the challenger events, we've got a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a couple of returning NCR being the first one uh, of the year, but you've got a new event in Taipei, new events in Indonesia, Spain, Sonic Boom being part of the tour, Ultimate Fighting Arena being part of the tour, Takra Cup, which was a dojo event last year is now a challenger event so you'll get even more players to show up and uh you now have two events in africa this year you've got cape town showdown in may and then uh hyungo games in in uh cote d'ivoire i probably butchered that i i apologize Mm -hmm. uh but in late june yes so which is going to be pretty sweet to see man i I'm excited for this. Also, uh, I want to. I'm going to switch back and forth in these here. Uh, big shout out to everybody organizing the Tekken World Tour because I don't think any of these events overlap. No overlap. Um, that is amazing scheduling work. Good shit. So, uh, there is one other change that I wanted to mention. Um, and it has to do with the World Tour Finals. Um, the the general format is the same. 20 players, uh, 19 through the leaderboard, plus one through the last chance qualifier. Um, that is all, that all leads to a top eight. The one change from this year is the tiebreakers in terms of the group stage. The first tiebreaker is now going to be head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember last year, and the, and the years prior, it was um, uh, game differential first, then head-to-head. Now, head-to-head is going to be the first tiebreaker, so mm-hmm. you won't run into the situation we had last year with me and Arslan Ash, Ash which is uh, thankful it's going to be make it a lot easier to follow along. Yeah. Also, uh, before we move on, can we all just give a big round of applause to Rick DeHato for this? I, I'm still amazed by this scheduling. That is not easy to do. Thank you. Uh, Rick was the uh, person that was sort of in charge of the Tekken World Tour in previous years. Will uh, That role is now part of Tenno, uh, who are running the 2020 tour. So, mm-hmm. Rick, uh, it, anyone who uh, who likes the dojo system uh, in the Tekken World Tour and the other events that have picked up similar styles, give that man a thanks because he is the brainchild of that. Yep. Rick, the, good shit, Rick. the the TO Lord. You can say good shit, Rick, almost every single day and have it yeah, be like, for sure. There we go. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I've only had two in-person interactions with Rick, and they have been extremely positive. One was when I was checking in the Wizard World Gaming when they were here in Austin, uh, and I just signed in, and I saw it was Rick, and I was like, hey, Rick. He was like, hey. And then I went on about my day. It was great. <laughs> and then uh, That sounds accurate for yeah. you. And then my second interaction was uh, Combo Breaker, my first Combo Breaker, 2016. Uh, I went to oh, – I'm sorry, it was 2017. 2017? I don't know. Either 2016 or 2017. I think it was 2017. 
I was playing on a Guilty Gear setup, and I it, it was requesting a login because it was like online and you have the 15 minute timeout thing. I uh, went and got Rick, and he was like, oh, okay. And then he just logged in and fixed the game, and I got to play, and I had a great time. So thanks, Rick. Good shit, Rick. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody, please thank your local Rick and every other TO for doing amazing things so that we can have fun and do this together. Speaking of having fun and doing things together, Season 3 for Dragon Ball Z is out. Hooray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not mean that to co- to be as unenthused as it was. I think a lot of people do give a shit, just not just not Steve. <laughs> people are pretty excited about that. Hooray! Not this guy. <laughs> not this guy. Uh, but can, uh, can we can we do that one more time, please? Okay. Uh, speaking of everything fun, Dragon Ball season three is out. Let's go! Come on! <laughs> yeah! <sighs> I feel like I like, yeah! I like the other one a little better. Uh, but uh, the big thing in this new season is not only the new character. What's it? Kefla? Yes. Kefla. Okay. I, I keep wanting to call her Kefka, like the clown from Final Fantasy. I keep wanting to call her Teflon. Teflon? Yes. I, I Same. Uh, but Kefla is not the only new thing. The other big thing everybody's talking about is selectable assists. We're back to mm-hmm. Ultimate Marvel. Three. Everybody can select their own assists. I saw the one thing I have seen. Uh, this isn't me talking shit, and it's just me being disconnected with the Dragon Ball Z community. The one thing I did, the one tech video I did see on Twitter uh, was right before the show started where I saw somebody confirm a key blast from full screen with a, with a Bardock assist, and it was pretty dope. I like that shit. So good shit. I saw a like a. I think it's technically a nine hit combo, but it looks like it's three moves um, with hit, and you can KO someone. Yeah. Because he, but he uses like all of his supers, so then you have to use like seven of them. Mm-hmm. That's a that's hit for you. Uh, I did play and with the new um, what is it the the uh, limit break mechanic, which is kind of like the answer to. Well, actually, I don't want to talk on it if I don't. If I'm not sure, but that, that's the new mechanic that's supposed to help like comebacks and whatnot. No, <laughs> I'm, don't I'm super call it uh, X Factor. Not. <laughs> uh, I did play it when it first released, and I did had some fun with it. Uh, I my my greatest pleasure in that game was uh, body switching with Ginyu, and then <laughs> and now he has a different level. Yeah, now level yeah. I don't know. Does he still have it, or did they completely change it? I wonder. I couldn't tell you if yeah. they got rid of the body swap or not. Yeah, but uh, my favorite thing was getting a body swap either online or offline and just watching the other person just mentally give up to me. I take great pleasure in that. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, so get Rex scrubs. Anything else uh, about Dragon Ball Z that we need to mention that we haven't. Um, just that the game is, is like they breathe new life into it kind of almost in an overnight fashion. And we'll see maybe, maybe there are some big problems, but it certainly went from people saying left and right, oh, Dragon Ball's dead, with, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of not, kind of halfway there, to, all right, we have a whole new season in front of us with new content worth exploring. And after a really hype finals, it's like they just, they're like, they nipped it in the bud, and it's good to see that. But we're coming to expect that kind of play from Bandai Namco with everything they've been doing with all of their, their titles in recent times. Yep. Uh, dope. 
I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. Uh, but either way, uh, I am going to try DBFC one of these days again. See if it's if I still have some fun with it. Uh, another thing, uh, I we unfortunately don't have the trailer for this, but DOA 6 got some new characters. A new character. A new character. Well, who is it? Is it Kulo? Uh, no. God. Well, Vacation. What's her name? Well, Vacation? It might be. No. Uh, Tamaki from Venus Vacation is... Yeah, if you see, I'm not even sure we can uh, play the trailer, yeah. even if we could. Twitch TOS. Because uh, she's got a bikini on. And it's a lot of values. The, the, a lot of core. The, a whole lot of core. Uh, maybe not so much up top. Uh, you, you see a little bit of the lower values. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, she's she's coming in. Um the lower so, value. <laughs> no, no gameplay as of yet. Just a teaser today. So, cool. you know, when I was, uh, I don't even know. I was watching SmackDown on Thursday night, kids. That's how long ago this was. And I remember seeing the previews for Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, and one being like, "Whoa," and then two being like, "Mom can't walk into the living room right now, or I'll have to change the channel." And that shit seemed to come on constantly during SmackDown when I was maybe like 11 or something like that. But that was the first I'd ever like officially heard of Dead or Alive was Extreme Beach Volleyball. And I'm looking at Tamaki and her teaser right now, and uh, it just takes me immediately back to that, which is good times. Okay, so your mom can't walk in, but you're cool with, you know, the 150 people or so, uh, 103 people that are watching watching you watch I'm saying this. like as an 11 year old boy if my mom walked in and saw that on the tv she'd make me like turn off the tv and i wouldn't get to watch any more smackdown that night well turn off your computer you can't watch any more core value see the reflection trailers. of my glasses i don't know uh but yeah so th- did she already release or was she just announced no just uh, just announced okay uh, and then we have another 10 minutes. And, John, I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, so we covered a little bit of the Topanga finals. Or oh, yeah. The, the Topanga uh, – what's it? The qualifiers? What's it called? Topanga? Well, this is Topanga just like the first – Yeah, it's the championship. Okay. Um, like the first, I guess, maybe half of it. There's two big groups, Group A and Group B. And the first half of it has essentially played out. The rest to play out in March. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably in a, a week or two. Um, but yeah, so so the significance here, and I've been going back, I didn't see it live because uh, it starts at like 2 a.m. or something like that, and it's just on the other side of the world, right? But we had this new patch rollout for Street Fighter V, and a lot of the Street Fighter news in the last week has, of course, been kind of uh, all about the netcode. But the game itself is, I mean, we're, we're getting for an entire another year of competition, and it's had a lot of changes and improvements. And even though I've been sort of like keeping my, my, my hopes at an arm's distance, it feels like things continue to move in the right direction. And we had Evo Japan. We talked about Evo Japan and how uh, a Sakura won. And we didn't see an overwhelming amount of the characters like Rashid that had been essentially plaguing top eights and, and making the game not very fun for everybody that wasn't playing a top tier. Uh, I've still had my reservations based on the patch notes, but this is like the second really big look we're getting from the you know uh, highest levels of competition. You're talking about um, you know the best that Japan has to offer: your Tokidos, your Daigos, your Fudos, Fujimura, and such. And not Bonchan, although I think he's commentating. 
because he's taken this year kind of really easy competitively. But this is our look at what the game is kind of playing out like right now. And so far, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. The Rashids are getting their asses kicked, and it's glorious. Uh, and I think a big reason for that is because as you watch these rounds, there's a ton of neutral being played. <laughs> I'll say uh, the 10-year-old immature boy in me has noticed that over the last four years, I'm pretty certain the most common time uh, that the timer ends on when a round ends is 69. And I'll like make that joke, but it's so easy to make that joke because it happens so often. I actually went and used to uh, make bets with people. It's like, hey, I'll bet you 10 to 1 odds that it's 69 at the end. I'll bet you a dollar. If I'm right, you give me 10. And if I'm wrong, you give me a dollar. Or I'll give you a dollar. And I'd, I'd lose three and then make 10 bucks like pretty easily. Um, so anyways, that means that rounds traditionally have been about 30 seconds on average. And if you watch this year's Topanga, almost all of the rounds are like twice that long. The rounds are ending in like the 30 seconds kind of range, sometimes longer, sometimes a little shorter. But to me, that means that there's a lot more neutral being played and not just as soon as someone gets V-trigger, the round kind of begins and ends within that little bit of a bubble. And that's very encouraging to me. I'm almost worried that like maybe these rounds are starting to be too slow and <laughs> and people won't be um, as on board on the esports side of things. But we're not seeing as much Rashid. Uh, the rounds are are much more characterized by neutral play and uh, and not this snowball effect. Now that might only be because these really high level players are playing with patience, and maybe if you go to like anything below that as far as skill level goes. Uh, it just becomes a big V-trigger fest again. I don't know. Uh, but so far, so good. And then also Japan, for whatever reason, doesn't believe in G. So we're not seeing any G. And that's one of the one of the characters where I go, that could be an exception to the, to the apparent rule that's emerging. But it's been very entertaining. Tokido's been kicking everyone's ass with Akuma. He's got a perfect record, as we as we noted earlier. Um, the the characters that we're seeing are I don't know, basically everything's looking, continuing to look good for this game in terms of the kind of changes in gameplay and trends that we've been hoping to see. Cool. Uh, have we been, uh, has there been a lot of representation for the newer characters? In, uh, like, uh, like Seth and Gil? Um, Sako played some Seth and got his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nemo played a combination of Gil and Yurian. I don't know that Nemo qualified into the second round. Um, but I think Nemo's the only one that, that played any Gil. Uh, let's take a look. Let's I know that 10-year-old you is laughing at rounds ending in 69 seconds. Mm-hmm. 10-year-old me is still laughing at Dick Pound. Yep, everybody's still hey, laughing at Dick 31 Pound. 31-year-old me is laughing at both of those things right now. So <laughs> Yes. We haven't come so far, and also come. Hey, is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are 10 as well. Great. God damn it. All right. Uh, before we leave off, we have exactly five minutes. Let's hit on this topic real quick. Just to end on a shitty note. Why don't we? Uh, most viewed streamer on Twitch. Now Mixer Ninja decided to tweet some bullshit. Let's take a look at what he said. Is it bullshit though? Well, let's dive into it. Uh, He posted on Twitter, and I quote, The phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn, always room for improvement. Never settle. Unquote. 
See, it's bullshit if you don't have any nuance to it. Because when you talk about stuff like this, you're talking about the idea that, oh, if, you, if you're not, like, throwing controllers or, or being ooh angry great gamer bro about stuff, then, yeah, then you're not, not really playing. You don't really care. This is – the way I took it is you have to care about your result. Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit that when a lot of times when I go to play a fighting game or play something, you know, whatever type of game it is, I go in with the mindset that I'm going to lose. And that helps me not be too hard on myself uh, and not get too frustrated with not winning. But, you know, I, I do understand the idea that, you know, if you start from that point, then if you lose, you think, well, that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So you're not, it's, it's going to neuter your drive to get better. There there's, in my mind, there's, there's truth to what he's saying, as long as it's tempered with, you know, how you channel that frustration and how frustrated you get. Right. I mean, we just covered frustration earlier in the show for way too long, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I think the reason why I called it bullshit and the reason why I kind of think it's well, granted, I will say this. I don't think he's wrong. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think he's wrong in any sense of the word. Uh, I think his message is very tone deaf. Right. Where. Uh, also, I did just see the chirp that you all are talking about on my mixer here. I don't know. I'm going to try to figure that out later. Uh, there... Last three minutes of the show will be chirp free. Yes. Go. Uh, it'd be really funny if it chirped right now. Uh, I think. The reason why I say it's tone deaf is I think what he's saying for somebody who's following their passion is that's – yeah, he's absolutely right, right? Where you can never be uh, – when, when I was told when I was pursuing music is you can never be comfortable. You can never settle. Always keep striving for the next big thing. Always keep working. You know, somebody, uh, somebody even mentioned this quote in the chat. While you're sleeping, someone else is grinding, blah, 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 blah. Now, uh, the tone deafness of it comes in with I'm sure – with the fact that I'm sure – both a lot of people who saw that tweet and are his viewers and a lot of people who play these games are also not, you know, consistently working to be better at the game, right? Sometimes, you know, things are different things for different people, right? A video game can be an escape for someone, whereas a video game can be a means to uh, a livelihood for some. So generalizing the everybody who thinks this is wrong is shitty and tone deaf. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of go along with what I think Steve was saying there. It's that like, yeah, this first off, this kind of can just be some like motivational sorority poster thing, you know, like a live, laugh, love, or life is music or some, you know, whatever bullshit thing like that. Like you can, post it up on your Twitter just like with without any kind of genuine meaning behind it um, and just be like a, a Twitter sage or whatever. Uh, but there there is some significance behind it. But in order to get there, you have to articulate the specifics and the details because uh, I don't know. But th- I mean, that's what it comes down to. Just yep. say specifically what you're talking about. And like, should we hold someone that's posting on Twitter? I guess if you're the biggest influencer or whatever, perhaps, but I don't know. I think it's just, is this the thing you're going to get mad about? Like, just... 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's just something worthy of note, right? We had talked about earlier uh, about people of influence kind of uh, saying things sure, on yeah. Twitter that everybody takes wrong uh, or right. And, you know, there's been but, there's been this very but, bizarre fracture uh, between, like, people who want to play video games for fun and people who are serious about it, right? Uh, we This happened, what, like, a couple years ago with uh, the whole game journalist thing where, you know... Uh, yeah, and that kind of spun yeah. off into a couple different directions. Yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I mean, I could put like, hey, never, never quit. And then you could go, well, fuck what you, about don't... when I need to sleep? And yeah. what about when I need to eat? And it's like, come on. <laughs> fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Eating is for quitters. <laughs> As you can tell, I've never quit. <laughs> Wait. On that note. Oh, that's been the show. I completely butchered that joke. (laughs) That's been the show. The show is now over. It is seven (laughs) thirty. Oh, um, for those of you watching us from Europe and Australia, you have a release date for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. It is March twenty seventh. Yes. Um, Also, the uh, the premium edition of that game is canceled for everybody. Uh, for Europe, I thought. I thought it was just Europe. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. That's unfortunate uh, for all those uh, Grand Blue fans out there. And I mean that sincerely. Man, every... I gotta go play the Street Fighter Amateur League, and I need 30 minutes to warm up. Wham. So I gotta get the hell out of here. My name's John. Fuck you, John. <laughs> hey. Hey. Alright. Can't, can... can't we all just get along? No. Yes. I'm going to be the bigger man here, and you don't have to say anything. You can you can conduct yourself the way you want, Elon. Holy I'm going to be the man. I, I, I just realized this. Hastia and Chat just pointed this out. The Arc Revo World Tour in Europe start will actually kick off in Europe before the it's, game on the yeah. tour launches oh, fuck. in Europe. Damn, that's awful. <laughs> Well, God. we'll see what happens. But what were you going to say, John? I was going to say, fuck you, Elon. All right, that's been the show. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll catch you all next time. Good night, Canada.